Welcome to our Deep Rooted Podcast, a weekly podcast featuring our latest live Bible study, as well as other encouraging messages and teachings from our hearts to yours. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to the book of Ephesians. We're going to start off there. Um, And at the end of tonight's service, you're going to be able to partake in communion with us. So if you have communion elements, if you don't, if you just have grape juice or crackers or anything like that or water or anything like that then you can go ahead and use those as well Um, but we want everyone participating in communion as much as they can so it's going to be a good good night so if you have your bibles like i said go to ephesians and we're going to start off in chapter four and it's going to be a really interesting take or uh interesting thing on how we how people are going to take this message um, and I'm very interested to see how it's gonna how it's gonna be, but um, basically, who knows that when a child is a child, sometimes they do things that is funny, and sometimes they do things that's very immature for their for or it's actually not immature because it's for their age, and they do things that might be cute, it might be funny, and and it's specifically because of their age. But when someone grows up and they continue to do those kind of things, it's kind of like you get concerned a little bit because they're still <laughs> acting like a child um, and it can be annoying because they're not supposed to be doing childish things. And basically, it's something that shouldn't happen. When you grow up, you should mature. Coming with age, there comes maturity and there comes this sense of responsibility that you have ownership of your life and that there's this maturity that comes with that. and. As Christians, the Bible is very clear that when you become born again, you are you are a new believer, you are a baby believer, baby Christian, a very immature Christian, and we're supposed to mature. We're supposed to mature with age and with how we read the word. And as Christians, we need to mature in the walk with Christ. And the things that we used to think and the things that we that used to come natural to us should no longer be a desire and should no longer be um, what we participate in anymore. And that's just being mature. Mm-hmm. You grow up. As a child, I used to play with toys. And now I don't necessarily play with the same toys. I might play with a different toy, mm-hmm. but I'm not playing with little action figures anymore. And now I'm playing with cameras and phones and mm-hmm. things that are, are suiting for my age. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, we are to mature mm-hmm. and, and not stay as infants and not stay as babies. I think a lot of people think uh, maturity comes with like age or time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us can notice that in today's culture, that's just not a reality. Like age and time does not affect maturity, does not equal maturity whatsoever. And the same within your Christian walk. Like it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, that has no... Um, effect on how mature you are as a Christian at all Um, and I think we're noticing that more and more Mm -hmm. lately especially absolutely so tonight is simply to help tonight is simply to identify things that may be in your life or someone else's life that you might want to share this with um, because we are called to grow up and that's the title of tonight's message is to grow up because um, like we said we are supposed to mature as we have a relationship with Christ. So in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, we start off in verse um, in verse 14. And Paul says this, 
that we henceforth no more be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning, cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now we touched on this a couple of studies ago in, in the study called Worthy of the Calling. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched that, I encourage you to go back and watch that because we kind of deal with similar issues here, but we're using the scripture again that Paul says that we should grow up into him in all things Mm -hmm. so paul is very clear we should no longer be children and the word children in the greek actually means the word um, unable to speak so basically an infant so when paul is saying this he's relating us to infants that we shouldn't be infants anymore we eventually need to grow up and tossed to and fro is simply literally that phrase in the greek is referring to literal waves and something sitting on those waves being tossed to and fro. That's what he was literally referring that to. Um, and so, the, and the doctrine isn't necessarily like a biblical doctrine, just a way of life, mm-hmm. what you believe in, what, what people are telling you. And he's relating this because children are immature. Children are immature, and to prove that, you tell a four-year-old or a five-year-old that a big fat man in a red suit is going to be giving them presents this year on Christmas, and they are going to believe it because they trust you. Mm-hmm. Infants trust people they know to tell them the truth. They trust people, and they're easily deceived because, one, they haven't been around long enough to figure out that there's a lot of lies, <laughs> and two, they don't know anything else. They, they haven't been taught anything, so the first thing that they're taught can be potentially lies. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying that we're no longer children deceived by these things. We, we're not easily deceived by by false talk, by false prophets or uh, what the world tries to say about certain issues. And so he says we, we should no longer be children. And then in verse 17, if we skip a few verses, he says this, This I say therefore, and I testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling... So there's a lot of stuff in just those two scriptures. The first one I want to mention is when Paul says, walk not as the Gentiles, the Gentiles were just non-Jewish people, and non-Jewish people were not children of God. And so what he's saying to us today is not to walk as unbelievers. Don't live a life like unbelievers. And now before people get critical about this message and and hear little things and say, oh, judgment, this is coming from Paul. Matt is not saying this. Stephanie is not saying this. The word of God is saying this. And we are simply saying there should be a difference. There should be a difference from us and the world. The Bible says so many times that we are not of this world and we not need to be conformed but transformed by the renewing of our mind. So there's a lot of scripture that tells us we are separate from the world. And that's all we are saying. And that's what Paul is saying. Don't walk like unbelievers walk. And here's the thing. Here is the thing right here. Now, you probably heard a bunch of pastors that are probably religious and they don't walk out what they preach and you've been hurt by them 
and they say things like this, don't be like the world, don't be, stop sinning, stop doing this, stop. But here's what Paul said. Don't walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Not, don't walk as they walk in sin and this and that and that. That's not what he said. He said, don't walk like they walk in the vanity of their mind. Now, what does Paul mean here? Well, Paul, the word vanity is translated in the Greek word, I forget the actual word, but the translation, the definition, means immorality. That's it. The immorality of their mind. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean, that means a lot of stuff, but it really means that the vanity of their mind just means that their mind isn't renewed. Their mind isn't renewed to the word of God. That's it. And then, after he says that, he lists all this stuff. They've been given over to lasciviousness to work all in cleanliness and all greed. So then he says sin comes after that because their mind is not renewed. <laughs> then he says, you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, put off the concerning of the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt and according to the deceitful lust but be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which is after god is created in righteousness and in true holiness wherefore putting away lying speak every man with truth in his neighbor for we are members of one another be angry do not sin don't let the sun down go on your wrath neither give place to the devil let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working his hands to the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to use of the edifying that may, may minister grace unto hearers and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption let all bitterness wrath anger claim more evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God Christ has forgiven you so there's a lot of things that Paul says don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that and it's interesting to me how the first thing he said was not to be like them in the vanity of your mind that's the first thing he wanted to tell them out of all the rest the first thing is about their mind and then he went on and he lists all the sin all of the bad communication you know evil communication just means how you show your life who your what your characteristic is and so he says don't be like that and he says that because he says that we have not learned that from Jesus and we are made in righteousness and true holiness. So he wants us to put all of that away so that we can put on righteousness and true holiness. Now, some of you might say, well, that was to them. That was to that specific group of people. He wasn't writing that to us. He was writing to the church of Ephesus. And it, that may be true. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 3. And let's read this one. He then says this. If you then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, what does it mean we are dead? 
It means we are dead to the old life. In Ephesians, he says, put off the old man. That's what we are dead to. We're dead to the old man, and we're living with the new man. So then, he says in verse 8, But now put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. So there you go again. Put off the old man. And put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that was created, that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor... So then he tells us again, put off the old man, put on the new man. And there's a trend going on here. And the trend is put on the new man by the renewing of your mind. Both times he said, renew your mind. So there's a lot of things that Paul is telling us to do. One, he's telling us to put off the old man and put on the new. Two, in Colossians, he's telling us simply this, to set our affections on things above, not on things on this earth. Simply put, now, a lot of things could be mentioned here for the things above. Paul was probably thinking kingdom mentality, the how we're going to live in heaven, all those things. But a simple truth is everything above is good. Everything on earth is bad, simply. And because the enemy is the one who does everything on this earth. He's the one who kills, steals, destroys, distracts, deceives. He does so many things on this earth. That deceives a lot of many Christians. So that's why he says, put your things on things or your mind on things above and not on things on this earth. So we're supposed to live a life for God and hate the things of the world. And if we live for God, we simply cannot love the things of this earth. And that a lot of people think that's religious and that's religion and then well then I can't listen to certain music, or I can't watch certain things, or I can't do this and that. That's, the, that's religious, that's law. But reality is, it's not religion, it's relationally wrong to do those things. Because if you've given yourself to the Lord, if you have given your whole heart, your whole desire, every part of you to the Lord, but you still want to participate in the world, then you're cheating on God, essentially. You're cheating with him on Him because your mind is undivided it is divided it is not an undivided mentality and what does james say james says that if you are double-minded you can expect nothing from the lord and if you're setting your mind on one thing but you're also setting your mind on another thing you that's that's impossible you can't do that and an analogy that came to my mind today when i was when we were uh getting this message ready if you focus your mind on the lord you're getting pulled up. But if you focus your mind on the ground, on the earth, you're getting pulled down. So if you're doing both of these things, you are getting stretched to the limit and it's gonna hurt. But if you only set your mind on things that are above, there's no pressure being pulled down. There's no more tension pulling you down. And a lot of people, they don't understand where grace comes into play. Because grace says that Jesus provided everything without us needing to work for anything. That's what grace was. But then faith is, I need to respond to what Jesus did 
in order to see those things in my life. And so by faith, you are following the Lord. You're following these things. You're, you're fleeing from immorality. You're following the Lord, not loving the world because you love the Lord. That's why. Not because you're trying to do many deeds. And the, the thing is, when people get into the trap of trying to do thing after another, after another to prove that they're righteous, that's where they find themselves getting stretched thin and they fall away because it was too much pressure. But if you only focus on the things of this earth, you're going to get crushed. You're going to get crushed because there's a constant pull that the earth at the flesh, the carnal is trying to do. It's trying to squish you down as much as he can into this earth. And if you're, if you're only living for the Lord and you're not affect, you're being, uh, setting your affections on this earth, you're getting lifted. You're getting lifted up from this earth. You're feeling that the weight of the world falling off of you and you're in grace. And that's what we're establishing here. It's not about how good you can act. It's not about the deeds you can do to prove yourself worthy. This is a, a relationship, a relationship that you get to have with the Lord. And what does the Bible say about God's love for us? God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son. And if, if, the, if the Bible says, God so loved the world that he said, I love you, <laughs> then we could go ahead and say, we don't need to do anything about our love. But the fact that God loved the world so much that he gave his son, he set the, he set the, the standard of love requires action. That love requires proof. If I could sit here and tell you, I love you, I love you, I love you, but if we were dating and that's all I said and I never put a ring on it, <laughs> you would think, this is where I actually love me? Yeah. <laughs> love requires an action. It requires a sacrifice. It requires something that you once treasured, you gave it up. And for, I guess, for marriage, for some people, that treasure was alone time. That treasure was singleness. That treasure was not being responsible for someone else and when you get married you give that up mm -hmm. so that you can be in intimate relationship with one another yeah. so love loving the lord it's not religious it's not a religious mindset of i have to do this and this and this i have to stop doing this all of these things that paul's mentioning is because he's mentioning it to you saying if you love the lord you would put off all of these things if you loved the Lord, you would stop doing what you're doing and you would follow the Spirit. You would be led by the Spirit. And it's, it's what Jesus... So it's very interesting because in this scripture, in Ephesians 4.16, we just read it. It says, from, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love in other words christ jesus is the body he is the body and we are parts of that body and he is and paul is saying you guys flee from all of these things grow up in your faith so you're not tossed around from side to side offended all the time because the Lord needs all of the members of the body to work. He can't work independently. He needs all of us to work together. And he's saying, put off sin. Stop sinning because it affects your relationship with him. And when you do that, 
the body of Christ starts to move the way it was designed to move. And that's really what's all that's going on. It's a relational thing that you want, that you're trying to connect to the Lord with. That's all it is. And it's not, it's not a religious mindset of stop sinning or else. <laughs> that's not what we preach here. We preach grace and we preach love and that we preach that Jesus died for all. He died for all. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the beauty of the gospel. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Deep Rooted Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more from Matthew and Stephanie, subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at deeprootedministries.com. From there, you will be able to contact us directly, access our live Bible study archives, and so much more. You can also find out how to partner with us in sharing the gospel all across the world. Be blessed today, continue living in the victory, and remember that you are always welcome here in our family of faith.